Welcome to Making Tracks. My name's Thomas Cam Meadley, and this is a podcast where I'm going to be speaking to musicians about their musical and personal journeys and the story behind one of their own songs. I'm really glad you can join me today. This is Making Tracks. Today I thought it'd be interesting to tell you a little bit about my musical journey um, and I think it's deeply intertwined with my my life journey as well. And it all began when I was about 10 um, playing classical piano and I think it really kicked into gear um, when I started to learn jazz. You know, I've been feeling a little bit jaded about practice um, but my teacher suggested we try doing some improvisation. And I think that sudden moment of realizing you could do that was was absolute absolutely magic, you know that that you can learn rules and you have this structure, but actually what you're doing is is creating something out of the spontaneous moment and something that you're not going to necessarily play again. So it feels very authentic and very very true in, in that in that moment. And I think it's it's been an extremely useful life skill as well like uh, as a lot of scrapes that I've been in when being able to improvise um has been has been really helpful it can also be a form of meditation in a way you know once you learn some of the structures um you can kind of take a step back and allow your mind to wander in a kind of flow state while your your subconscious and your creative self take over um yeah and, and the other major strand uh, in my life has been poetry, which I began around uh, the same age. And I think the two gradually began to converge. So the, the poems became lyrics and the improvisation became songwriting. It became a really important form of self-expression and, and a way to try to define or find in some way who who I was and how I expressed myself. And I think often the art that we create or the music that we listen to, that's an extension of ourselves and who we are and who we feel ourselves to be. And after school, I went to Oxford. I studied philosophy, politics and economics, which is pretty uh, diametrically opposed to to what I'm doing now. Um, But music was really important and became increasingly important almost um, in response to how lost I felt and I did feel very lost during that time um, and so after after a year of being there and really feeling that it wasn't where I wanted to be um, I took some time out I ended up going down to a songwriting course and from the moment I arrived I felt a certain sudden sense of of being at home and it was an absolute revelation to to find that I had this 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 talent and this that this passion, um, but also to have this sudden realization. And I remember very very clearly um, the moment um, I was pacing up and down in my room. I had this song in my head, and it was all very exciting. It was quite late at night, and I suddenly realized I could do this with my life. You know, and actually, the moment I realised that, I thought, I have to do this. This is the thing that I've been looking for. You know, um, 
And there was a very a deep knowing there and a certainty that this was what I wanted to do, which I think I'm really grateful that I have that. And it's carried me through a lot of difficulty and a lot of, you know, wondering and feeling lost and so on. So the next day um, I left Oxford. I went traveling for seven months, just me and my guitar and my backpack, playing music with people all over the world in India and Japan and Los Angeles. And in doing that, really soaking up all the, the musical influences that there are around the world. A few years later, I was traveling again in Southeast Asia. I'd just been in Vietnam um, and, you know, I was just doing the touristy young person thing. And I decided to go on this trek through Laos, uh, through the jungle. And I'd not been feeling very well, but I thought, oh, I'll push myself. And, you know, when you're... When you're 20, 21, you kind of think you're invulnerable, really. And I remember just feeling worse and worse and worse. And eventually I collapsed on the jungle floor and was carried out on a tuk-tuk and was taken to hospital and eventually was told that I had uh, leukaemia. A few days later, I flew back to the UK and I went to hospital and they said that because leukemia is an immune system a disease that I would have to be in isolation. And so I spent uh, much of the next six months in and out of isolation. And after a few months of treatment, I was told there's nothing we can do. And so suddenly at 21, I was dealing with the fact of my own death with all the things that I would never get to do and achieve and experience. And it makes you really realise what's important in your life. And I think at first I was, well, I was just very scared, you know, and unable really to feel or process anything. But one night I was sat um, alone in my room and I was meditating and I was kind of suddenly aware of the reality of my situation. And I just accepted it. I surrendered to, to it. And in that moment, it felt as if I was falling into darkness. And then suddenly my whole world was illuminated with light. And I felt like I was flying and that it was light and ether and absence and peace. You know, that everything that I've been afraid of, all the the difficulty and the pain of life was just gone. And from that moment on, I was in a state of bliss. Um, and I woke up and I walked around in the world and suddenly everything had become intensely beautiful. And I spent a few weeks in this state of uh, of bliss, you know, an acceptance of what was going to happen. And then I got this phone call and, a, and it was a nurse and she said, oh, we, we need to get you back in for treatment. Um, I said, oh, uh, uh, there's been some kind of miscommunication because, you know, th there's nothing they can do. Right. And she said, oh, uh, has no one has no one told you? I said, no. What? She said, oh, well, we just got your test results back and you've, um, 
you just drop down to like into remission, you've got a really low count. And we don't really understand it, but we're, you know, let's just get you in for treatment. And so <laughs> suddenly I had a second chance. Suddenly I was in remission. Suddenly, you know, I'd been to this brink and then here I was, you know, with the chance to live my life again. And since that experience, I've been trying to find a way to communicate what that was like, you know, both the 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 agony, I suppose, of the experience and thinking I was going to die, but the, the bliss that comes with acceptance and that at the very core of ourselves is peace and is bliss if we can only if we can only look within and look into our darkness and discover that what is there is not actually pain or whatever we think is inside of us, but actually is joy. Um, actually, at the very point of stillness is this light. It's very hard to share that through words, you know. Um, but I think that through music, I have this ability to share some of that. You know, words are, are relative to our experience. They are processed through the brain. But the voice, you know, it comes from it comes from deep within oneself, it comes from the belly you know, you're infusing those words with meaning and with with sound and you kind of bypass the brain, you go right deep into an, another person. And I think that's at the core of what we experience with music. It's not just you receiving words, it's getting you into that state of acceptance and loss of self. And I've been making a one-man show um, called Dear Lady Death and it's telling my story through through the songs that I wrote during that time, through poetry and through film and narration and storytelling and all sorts of things to try and give the audience a sense of that experience. And I think also that this podcast is to some extent an extension of that. It's for me to to express and see how music has helped other people through hard times, how it's given meaning to their lives and how it can give meaning to all of our lives. And each of us has this experience. Music is, is so universal. It doesn't matter which culture you're in or who you are. You listen to music or you make music. But each of us in our experience of music is deeply personal. We hear different things, it's attached to different memories and places. And I think it's a really good way of understanding people and understanding stories. And that's really what I want to do with the podcast. You know, music has this capacity to bring us together when we're in a dark place to make us feel like we're not alone. The song that I'm going to play today is about that experience there is a line which is we just sit listening to records as the sun comes up singing all the songs we love you let me know I'm good enough when you say call me when you're falling down when I write a song it tends to be I'll create some kind of ostinato repeated pattern and just play it play it over and over again until this kind of sound word comes out of my brain and it's almost like I'm trying to define the essence of that and then suddenly I hit something and in this song it was that 
melody, that rhythm, that that phrase, call me when you're falling down. And I, I began to play with it more and more. And I think as a songwriter, you know, songwriters will know you write loads of songs and a lot of them are really bad. Uh, but there is this moment when you know, okay, this is a song, this is a real song. And for me, it was that line. Um, we just sit listening to records as the sun comes up, singing all the songs we love. Because that for me encapsulates the idea that music can bring us together and it can help us through hard times. So this is Call Me When You're Falling Down.
There's another line in the song which I think is really important, which is, if you never try, you never know. If you never break, you never grow. And, you know, in my life, I've tried a lot of times and I've failed and I've I've learned a lot of things, you know, but one thing I find is that if you have the courage to step out and take that leap into the darkness and the unknown, you will be caught and supported because, you know, the universe rewards courage. And yes, of course, you're going to struggle sometimes, you're going to suffer sometimes. But if you don't do that, you'll never learn who you are. And I think ultimately what we are here for is to become yourself. You know, I think the the purpose of one's life is self-realization to realize who you are, and then to make that real. And we get this one brief, beautiful opportunity to do that, the opportunity that only we have. And of course, one day we'll die and, and that will disappear, but that's okay. And what I realized from from being so close to death is that actually it's precisely the fact that it goes away that makes it meaningful, which is why right at the moment of thinking I was going to die, suddenly everything felt meaningful and important. And I felt so intensely all the things that I wish I'd done. And to be given that second chance now to do these things, it's it's amazing. You know, it, it, it makes me feel so intensely alive. And I don't think that that's unique. That's something only I can feel because if we can come to an acceptance of death, if we can choose to die to ourselves and to live with the awareness of death actually we become liberated from that fear and then we get the chance to actually live a meaningful life um i realize we've gotten very far from music (laughs) with this song i really wanted to celebrate all the people who've been there for me and supported me you know my friends and the NHS and my family and music, you know, musical um, organisations, really. I've, I've been really lucky in that sense. I was in hospital in Bristol and I heard that there was this songwriting workshop going on, which I was like, wow, I have to go to that. But I was still, you know, still in isolation. So I asked my doctor and really, you know, said, I really, really want to do this. So I had to wear a mask 
and I had to have my gyp stand in a wheelchair and all this kind of stuff. I was desperate to go. And I got there and um, there was this guy called Dave. Dave and Al were running it. And I was challenged to write a song that I'd never written before. So I wrote a a rap about curry, <laughs> which I've never done before. And, and I, I hope that no one will ever listen to that again. But um, it, it, it was fun. It was fun. And then I... I I wrote a punk song about my experience, you know. And at the end of this, Dave said, "Oh, mate, we've got to get you in. Like when you when you're better, like come down to um, come down to making tracks." So I came down and I did a few jams, recorded some music, played around a bit, and after a while, I started to to volunteer and to help out, and eventually to be a tutor. And to help people, you know, it's wonderful for music having helped me so much for me to be able to turn that round and to help other people, you know, and see that joy that, that can be brought, brought, brought out um, through music, you know, particularly with young people who perhaps can't, you know, can't express themselves any other way um, and who don't feel like they belong anywhere. You know, here is somewhere where you can feel that you belong. Um, here is somewhere where you can communicate, whether through rap or, or other mediums. You know, and I think young people, there's a lot said about young people, but actually very rarely do you get a chance as a young person to really express yourself, I think, to say how you're feeling. And I think that's really important because I think if we don't feel heard, then we act out and we feel disenfranchised. But if we do, we can feel part of the community. So that's really what Making Tracks is about. And I've been really lucky that after a while, I was asked if I wanted to start working for Making Tracks. And so I've been kind of working behind the scenes. And one of the things that I was asked is if I would like to make a podcast. And so that's where this has come from. And I'm so grateful to, to everyone who's made that possible, you know. Um, and I want to thank you for listening. This podcast is made possible by Making Tracks, a life-changing music-making project delivered by leading youth arts providers Trinity, Basement Studios and Ace, and supported through funding by Youth Music using public funding from the National Lottery through Arts Council England. It's very personal to me because I've been a participant, a volunteer and a tutor. I'm really grateful to everyone who's made this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. I look forward to joining you next time on Making Tracks.